Red Kite Prayer is hosting its first ever event October 12th through 14th, 2018, the Red Kite Rendezvous. The two and a half day event will feature bikes from some of the industry's top frame builders, two gravel rides, some of the world's finest craft beers, which are brewed locally, plus enough food to make the pedaling fun. For more information or to register, go to redkiteprayer.com backslash store. The Pace Line is supported by LEL Cycling. The coast is calling. LEL's shore collection embodies the spirit and style of the California coast. All LEL products are crafted in Southern California for shipment worldwide. Now, on to the show. From Red Kite Prayer, this is The Pace Line, the podcast on two wheels. I'm Patrick Brady, and with me is my co-host, Celine Yeager, a.k.a. the Fit Chick of Bicycling Magazine. Each week, we take a look at how cycling fits into our lives. So, it's the big weekend. How are you doing, Celine? Oh, it is the big weekend. Uh, we're, we're hanging in there, Patrick. I mean, as you know, there's uh, event bags to fill, there's rider Bibles to finish, there's... Uh, you know, all the 12,000 emails you get like, hey, I know this is the last minute, but, you know, do you mind if blah, da, 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 and you're just like, <laughs> mm, maybe not. <laughs> you know? I It's given me, you know, because I know I've been guilty of being that person and like being on the other end of it just really gives me such perspective that uh, of, of what event promoters go through. Live through, I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. my Lord. God, God bless them for answering your emails right up to the very bitter end of things, right? Well, then please and thank you, because, yeah, I got a, an email this morning from somebody saying, oh, the Astro is full. I, where should I stay? <laughs> I yeah, like, you're like, oh. I don't know. Walmart um, parking lot. This is not my. Yeah. I mean, I, I at least made some suggestions, but it, it was like, oh, I did a bad job in sufficiently communicating that this place is really cool and you really should make an, a reservation and it's stylish and people like this place and it's popular in Santa Rosa now. So you can't wait until two days before you want to stay there to make a reservation. I, I think you did actually a good job because even I knew that and I'm 3,000 miles away. So Oh, okay. Yeah. Not a, I, and I'm guilty of not always reading the communications either. So and now I, I appreciate the people who do. <laughs> so, we'll yeah. get through it, though. How, how's your event coming along? Uh, good. Uh, today's going to be fun. Today is when I go out and buy all the beer for the event. Oh, OK. So that is fun. I've got, yeah. I've got growlers. You, you, oh, you can't quite see them behind me, I don't think. Or maybe you can. There are two growlers from Russian Room oh, Brewing I, Company uh, that I, cool. I have to take and get filled up. And uh, there's a little secret stash place that uh, locals know about, uh, kind of a hiding in plain sight place where you can get some really choice brews that don't normally make it out of town. Sweet. So we're going to be making a, st uh, a stop there. And let's see, Costco for all the cups. And yeah, it's... I know, it's never ending. The list is never ending. It's all the to-do. There's so much to do for this kind of stuff. Yeah. So I somehow think that after a week of not sleeping well tonight, I will sleep well. Hopefully. At least maybe Monday you'll sleep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> oh, but, uh, you know, what we should say is, uh, 
hey, everybody who's either going to Unpaved or coming to the rendezvous, um, please and thank you. <laughs> I'm yeah, I'm very pleased and touched and other things. Uh, and yeah, <laughs> events like this wouldn't happen without uh, audience members who actually come out. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I mean, for all that, I'm, we're, it's we've got 600 people rolling in and I'm... We got a hurricane coming through today, which is <laughs> fine. You know, as long as it looks clear on Sunday. So, um, yeah, we didn't need that kind of an epic the first year. So I'm just super, super grateful for everybody coming out. Uh, the weather looks to the temperatures look to be, you know, a high of 60 and sunny. And that's perfect. So, oh. Yeah, it'll all be a giant exhale when it's done, right? <laughs> yes. My five-year-old is famous for saying anything. You know, the world is ending, but then following it immediately with, but that's okay. But that's okay, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so that's I just I keep reminding myself, you know, it's like I've got this little tape in my head of Matthew saying, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> all righty. So what do you have for us this week? You know, I... I I have the news. I, I was reading about the EF Education First and Draypack mm-hmm. um, partnering with Rafa this week. It made it made a lot of waves in the industry by announcing that not only they are partnering, which is which is kind of cool, but yeah. they're going to take um, you know a pretty radical departure from the usual professional road quote unquote road cycling team approach to the racing calendar, and I I just thought it was really exciting. Yeah, you know, I saw that it's different. I didn't have a chance to read a lot because, oh, uh, look, I'm busy. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, I, I mean, it does sound like they're not doing what a traditional, you know, high level pro road team would do. They're not. And, and, it, and of course, it's yet to see what they're actually going to do. But their intentions that they've put out there is that, you know, sure, you'll see, still see them at the World Tour events. Um, but they're going to be venturing into like all these other non-traditional events like fixed gear criteriums, which I imagine is the insane and insanely popular Red Hook, you know, criterium series. If you're going to uh, do well one, that's the one that you're going to do. That's I mean, the one. There are a few to choose from now, but still, it's they're all Red Hooks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, as well as ultra endurance races, mixed terrain events, which sounds a whole lot like Dirty Kanza. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know if they mean mountain bike racing. You know, like Leadville is yet to be determined if they're going to have like a trailer filled with every kind of bike under the planet. You know, if they're going to be showing up at the Fat Bike Nationals, who knows? Um, but, you know, the idea, what I find so intriguing about this is, you know, when I first started riding, there were roadies. And there were roadies. And then people, you know, <laughs> right? And then mountain biking started happening. And then you were either sort of a dirtbag mountain biker or you were a roadie. Um, and there were a few of us that, you know, sort of crossed those lines. But if you put a gun in my head, I guess I would have defined myself as a mountain bike racer. But I still rode on the road all the time, right? But but now, like now, it's, it's I think, putting anybody in a box, at least... I don't know about you, but like who I know is increasingly difficult. I mean, you've got fat biking, you've got gravel grinding, you've got ultra cross, you have cyclocross, you have grand fondos, you have enduros, you have gravel enduros, you have, you know, it never ends. And more people are taking to utilitarian riding too. So they're doing the commuter thing. Yeah, God um, forbid. Yeah, right? Like we use them for <laughs> transportation. So. You know, I think that it's at a time when it's becoming increasingly difficult for people to define themselves as like what 
a particular kind of cyclist. Um, it's really interesting to me that this team is going to encompass these pro racers who are who are not saying, you know, hey, I'm like just a pro road racer and I only do pro road events and I get upset when they put gravel in the tour. But, you know, they're just going to be like this, a group of bike racers, right? Mm-hmm. And whatever that means. And I think it's also intriguing that they're going to be among us because for so long, you know, road racers were out. They were there. They were out there on our televisions or on our phones. Like, you know, like you, you, you couldn't participate with them. You know, you just watch them and they were just like deified entities. And, you know, I remember like at Mount Snow, I was at Mount Snow, Norba Nationals, when Lance showed up and him yep. and Tinker were bumping arms. And that was so exciting, right? Like we People were all racing mad. this Oh my God, it was nuts. People were all racing the same course and getting to watch them race. And it was just like, it was really amazing. And I I thought then, because, you know, when I did Ironman, I was on the same course as Chrissy Wellington. I mean, that that sport's been doing it for a long time where the pros are are just showing up. So, um, you know, not much. And it's not just you're on the same course. You know, with with a triathlon, you're out there at the same time. You know, there oh, yeah. was still that removal of Lance and Tinker from the sport class. Those races yes. were run at different times. So the idea that uh, an EF education first Draypack Rafa rider, um, God, say that three times fast. It's, it's, it is a lot. <laughs> uh, but, you know, they show up to something like Dirty Kansas and you may actually rub elbows with one of those riders. They will really be on the course racing it at the same time as us mere mortals. And Absolutely. that is flipping cool. And Super cool. When you think about, well, what's the problem that cycling has with, uh, with sponsorship and you know, trying to deliver value to sponsors. Mm-hmm. This is a way to completely reimagine that entire scenario and build rapport by going out amongst, you know, the, the unwashed masses. <laughs> well, and you can I really, show, I mean, but, if, you, if you're going to, but it's true, but it, and if you're going to talk sponsorship especially, uh, barring going to the Tour de France and getting in, you know, somehow behind the curtain, you don't really see the equipment up close and personal, right, that people are on. But if I'm going to be riding with these guys at Dirty Cans or wherever it is, you're going to see it. You're going to see what they're wearing. You're going to see the stuff. You're going to see their shades. You're going to see their shoes. You're going to see their bikes and their setups. And I mean, I just think it's a lot of opportunity, a lot of opportunity in the industry just to, um, you know, personalize it and and... I, th- I, I, not much gets me excited about pro racing, professional pro racing these days. And this, this is definitely like when I read that, I was like, that's cool. You know, and I, I yeah. And I, and I read some people like, I don't want more people like beating me for whatever. But I, I, oh I think gosh, that's such a yourself. minor, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> such a minor concern. And be, and, and honestly, I mean, no one's getting cl- close to the front. When I did Dirty Cans, I got on the podium. I, I, I would never get on the podium again. Like, even if it's just like, forget it. There's because I got in there before all the pros showed up. Right. Like the, you the, need the to first- just stop now and be quiet. We know that you have the ability to uncork it on a moment's notice. Oh, maybe my Lord. maybe anyway. two. Yeah. Just so just that feel. You, you need to. But to my point <laughs> there. I also think that this will um, 
be really good for events like our events, like oh, that we're yeah. talking about this weekend. Because people, those like the big marquee events already, you know, they very quickly become really hard to get into. You know, almost on, like because everybody wants to get into them. So other other cool events pop up. And people are like, oh, I can't do that. Like the Coast to Coast Michigan race that I did this year is a perfect example of that. Like, I'm like, that's a rad event. And at some point, if that gets like someone else will be like, oh, well, that's awful. Maybe we'll do something like that here. And I I just think it's really good for the sport across the board. Yeah. Yeah. I could not possibly agree more. I, you know, and leave it to Jonathan Vauders to be the one who kind of breaks the mold and thinks of something fresh. I have no idea if there were others who helped suggest this and push this idea forward. But I think it's a real testament to JV that he said, yeah, we should rethink this. We should pursue this in a different sort of way. Totally. And the model's think, not working. Yeah. The, the, what that's going to do in terms of building a fan base and connecting with that fan base so that be, they become even more loyal. And you're going to have people who can say, EF education first, straight pack Rafa, the way they used to say slipstream sports or Garmin. Uh, yeah. You know, because they need that. You know, you, you don't also, want a team name they can't say. Well, <laughs> there's that. But I also feel like um, he has, and, and maybe this is just a, a perfect storm of stuff, or maybe it was sort of unconsciously by design. But if you look at the team that he put together and what they've already been doing, I mean, they have that ridiculous, what is that mascot, that crocodile that has its own Instagram page? I can't remember its name, the giant pink yeah. monster. But, you know, you've got Taylor Finney, who's out there doing his videos. That everyone's like, wow, that's kind of out there, but they're intriguing. And the Lawsons and like these, they already have a lot of personality, I guess is what I'm saying on that team. So that goes like, to quote Pulp Fiction, personality goes a long way, right? So, <laughs> so you, true. Know, you have, it does, like, who remembers who got second at whatever, or even first, at some of these things, right? When you're talking about the races, yep. I mean, very few real people, real psych, like gen- the unwashed masses you were talking about, know who stood on any podium outside of maybe the first step of the Tour de France. Really? The, yeah. No, that's why everyone says only winning is the only thing that matters, because that's what people remember. If you get second, events, you remember. People don't even know that. Like, like well, there, well. I'm sure there's a lot of people who don't know who won the Giro or the Vuelta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, no. like, and that, outside of our little sphere, I, I bet you I could go to my cross race tonight and ask, I, I would be amazed if I could get five people who knew. Like, it's just, but they don't, they know who Taylor Finney is. They know because their personalities and they, they yeah. transcend that. And I, like, that's more valuable than, you know, winning whatever, in in my opinion. Yeah, well, I mean, you don't find rabid fans of Miguel Indurain here in the U.S. But that's, people, that is people like him. People like him, you know, and they're allowed to still like him because he never copped to doping, uh, even though he was six foot thirteen and you know was able to chase down Marco Pantani on. Yeah, uh, you can't see my times. eye roll out there, but I think my <laughs> eyes might be permanently stuck in the back of my head at this point. But yes, you know, but I mean, he was he was such. Uh, a silent guy that unless you really in were intrigued or dug the strong silent type, there wasn't much there to connect with. Right. 
And that's why, yeah, having some personality, having a real social media presence is going to serve that team well. Yeah, yeah. This is exciting. It's, I just, it's going to be cool to see where it goes. But yeah. I, think it's, I think it's definitely where in a sport where we have few bright spots, uh, I, I do think that this is definitely one of them. Well, and it's going to cause people to wonder, oh, I'm going to X this year. I wonder if I will see that team there. Totally. Totally. And it's that's exciting. A, that's a yeah. fresh question that people don't normally find themselves asking. And it makes us um, it makes us what we like about our sport. I think, you know, like we can't we'll never play baseball with I can't, I can't even name a baseball player. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I'm sorry. We'll never. Oh, wait. Yeah. Somebody will never shoot hoops with somebody. Like I'm, I'm doing an abysmal job right now of thinking of any pro, other pro sport people. But you know what I mean? Like yeah. we do the same sport on a lot of the same terrain as our, you know, as our pros. But now like, yeah. it's to be able to actually race among them is super cool. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be funny to be at Dirty Cancer or something and see a train of 50 people sitting behind one of those pink jerseys. Yeah. Yeah. Until <laughs> it flats. I can, <laughs> I can do this. I can do this. Well, yeah. No, and what if you wall. see one of them pulled over on the side of the road with a flat? You know, there's not a team mechanic out there taking care yep. of it for them. That's going to make those guys more real. It's it's super yeah I mean you saw that already I mean with Sven Nice I mean you see saw that yeah. this year with some of the bigger names coming out like they were standing on the side of the road with the rest of us <laughs> going yeah these rocks are sharp so <laughs> who knew <laughs> <laughs> putting up your hand and people just like wave hey <laughs> <laughs> oh hey <laughs> oh yeah so uh, maybe some comedy in with that too yeah it'll be good it'll be with good. them laughing with them not at right. them totally yep. with yep. Anyway, oh, so. yeah, cool. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to be keeping my eyes peeled for that. That's that's definitely going to increase my level of interest in pro racing this next year. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Sweet. So what do you have for us this week? Uh, I think I may have mentioned that I'm not a runner. Mm, I didn't peg you for one, but <laughs> 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 yeah, um, the, the big butt maybe. Was that it? Um <laughs> So, Most of us are. Most likely, yeah, not. yeah. So I, I am. I am totally stating the obvious, and I, I don't mean to, but just to cover the basics, I am distinctly not a runner. I'm not even a runner when no one else is looking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I, but, I know some of them. Yeah, uh, but you know, it's even though I'm not a runner and I don't really follow the sport of running, it's hard to miss when. World, wec- world records are broken, like, say, mm. the new marathon record of 201.39 set by Eliud, uh, Eliud Kipchoge. Very um, good. Good pronunciation there. <laughs> I had to practice that some. Uh, you know, practically speaking, that's a whole lot of sub-five-minute miles. It's, I can't even fathom it. It's a m- just a whole mess of them. And, you know, that might not have registered much with me had a friend not pinged me about an episode of this guy Mark Sisson's Primal Endurance podcast mm-hmm. in which he talked about Kipchoge's training methods. Normally, you start talking to me about training methods of a pro and I'm, I could use it for Ambien. It'll just put me <laughs> to sleep. You know, I don't want to hear about 30 second intervals at 110% of my FTP. I am out of here. What beer do you have? But Patrick Sang, 
Kipchoge's coach is a big proponent of doing most of your work in zone two. Hmm. And that caught my interest. Zone two, of course, is base miles territory. It's not really where the fun is. And let's be honest, part of the fun of being a cyclist is churning the pedals as hard as you can. I mean, Mm -hmm. just digging in, that's, that's a good time. But the reason I find this so intriguing is because of the year that I've had. Actually, honestly, the last few years taken together. There's not much to the story other than in my 2015 move to Sonoma County, I put on some pounds, a fair number of pounds for me anyway, and lost a significant amount of fitness. And I've been trying to dig out of that hole ever since. Over the summer, I finally did. And what did it was doing road rides in zone two and gravel and mountain bike rides that were mostly zones two and three. The way my fitness has come on has been incredibly gratifying, Celine. It's like, oh, I'm back. (laughs) I, I compared it to one friend as being like getting over an illness. You know, there was this feeling of, oh, it's me again. Oh, I know that feeling. That's a good feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, over the years, I've read, you know, many, many different pieces of training advice. And I used to even have to interview coaches and write some of those pieces uh, in the way back. I never found any of them to really, and maybe it's because I didn't, uh, I didn't follow those programs closely enough, but none of them quite... Uh, spelled out what it was that worked for me and my fitness. The, the mm-hmm. closest, I'd say, would be uh, Joe Friel's The Cyclist Training Bible, which is really where I learned about periodization mm-hmm. and really understanding better lactate threshold training. Mm-hmm. The best form I ever had came when I was doing an incredible number of miles, but the intensity really wasn't all that high for the most part. Mm-hmm. What's hard to figure about this for me was that I was doing plenty of group rides, but my fitness was so high, I could do a hard group ride and never get my heart rate into zone four. I could do the whole ride in zones two and three. And after a great many of those rides, I'd continue rolling. I would just go do more zone two. Uh, a friend of mine and I called it secret miles. Right, and right. those secret miles probably made up 20% of the mileage I got each week back then. What's new to me is how Sisson suggests on his Primal Endurance podcast, finding your zone two target by subtracting your age from 180. For me, that comes out to 126. He says, don't Hmm. define your zones by subtracting your age from 220 to get your theoretical max heart rate and then defining your zones. He specifically targets zone two as the start point. Hmm. Here's the thing for me. For most of this year, I couldn't do much in zone two. An easy flat ride was about it. Now that my form has turned around, I can do quite a lot in zone two, uh, enough to make the riding fun. I I probably wouldn't have brought this up as a subject at all, but I'm really intrigued by what Kipchoge could could crush the way uh, that Kipchoge could crush the way he did. And it sounds like just minimal intensity work. And I figure you probably have an insight or two into this. Well, it's 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 super interesting. And, you know, it's funny because I. It must be in the ether because I just wrote my next bicycling column about this very subject. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it's and I've been I've been thinking about it a lot. Last year I went to 
uh, what is now, I can't even remember the new name of it. It used to be the Boulder Center for Sports Medicine, and then they combined mm-hmm. with Colorado University. Um, and Inigo San Milan, who I love, uh, he's there, was, he's now going on to try to cure cancer, I think, but he does nothing but mitochondria work. And he was heading up Ooh. their lab at the time. And I did a full battery of testing with him, and he sat down and talked to me for hours. I mean, we just clicked. It was really, really enjoyable. But he, you know, he's like, you're a world-class, and he used those words, world-class fat burner. But uh, he's like, you must spend more time in zone two. He's like, you are just like everybody else I see. You know, like, because, (laughs) yeah, because you just don't, he believes about 80% most of the time you should spend in those zones. Like, that percentage changes, of course, when you're racing, you know, full season. But he's like, 75 to 80% should be there. And then Mm -hmm. the rest of the the 20% is the other higher intensities. Um, And what what he said that opened my eyes wasn't that we all know that zone two, fat burning, you know, et cetera, et cetera, like the stuff that we've all heard about with endurance riding, but it has a couple very specific physiological benefits that I, that I hadn't thought about. One, it, when you're doing high intensity a lot, your, your heart rate is going so fast that your chambers don't fill fully between beats. So it doesn't have the Ooh. same stroke value, stroke volume value to you. Like when you're going at an aerobic, your heart, especially the left ventricle, completely folds and then it contracts. So it 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 lowers your heart rate. Like it it that's yeah right. It effectively lowers your heart rate because that's wow. what in, improves your stroke volume and all that stuff makes your heart stronger. All those things that we attribute to cardiovascular training. Um, also. I had no idea about is that your type one fibers contain enzymes and it's a whole lactate oxidation complex system that I, that I'm not even going to dwell into, but the, the bottom line is you recycle lactate through your type one fibers through it, through a special. So for people who like, let's talk, Let's take it back just one step so everyone's clear. Type 1 fibers are your slow twitch. They're the ones you use for endurance. Type 2, this is very simplified, are the ones you use when you go hard. And they're the ones that create lactate, which is not the enemy. Lactate, as we all should know now, we use for energy. Problem is, is that when we use that lactate for energy, it, 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 it creates a lot of... It's a dirty process. So unless we can use it quickly, it's what starts shutting us down. So the better we can use that lactate, get it through our system, keep using it for energy, the faster, harder we can go without frying. Easy said, right? You type, mm-hmm. you type one fibers play a huge instrumental role in that, which I didn't appreciate. So the more that you can build the mitochondria in your type one fibers, which is what zone two does the more you can use that lactate when you go above your threshold. Okay, so that explains why training in zone two can actually increase your lactate threshold. Yes. Push it up. Yep, and he says there's no other, there's no zone that does better than that. Like, that's his big quote. And I was always like, bleh. Like, I didn't even, like, it sounded like so old school roadie to me. (laughs) Like, what do I know? He's going to cure cancer, and I'm sitting there going, ah. But... (laughs) How about that? He's correct that that is wow. that's yeah remarkable. Remarkable. And it's, it's funny because I that that first season where I really put it together and had form that you know at least locally people were taking note of. 
I remember guys telling me, okay, you need to start doing a little more speed work and, you know, sharpen your legs. And I was like, no, Mo Miles, Mo Miles. Yep. And it absolutely did it for me. Yeah, you don't need much intensity. We're all hit all the time right now. And I kind of feel like I'm a little guilty of, of, of pushing that because there's so many ways to do hit and it's exciting and sexy. And there are, there's, there's true benefits to doing high intensity, true, yeah. super high intensity though. Like, you know, the stuff that makes you want to vomit, like, but you don't need much of that. And right. then you need to do the other stuff. Like it needs to be on both ends of that spectrum. And I feel like, um, you know, people just, it, it's, it's more fun to go happy hard, like to go in that place where, you know, you're not super uncomfortable, but you're uncomfortable enough that you feel like you're digging deep. And, I, you know, we all spend a lot more time there than when we probably need to. But, sure. the, it, but keeping it conversational for most of the time. And then what you should notice is that that same zone two ride should be getting faster at that same perceived exertion. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's the thing. I'm able yeah. to climb stuff now in zone yep. two that used yes. to be not remotely possible. Yes. That's the and idea. The beauty of what that has afforded me is that, you know, every now and then I'll hit like, say I'm out mountain biking in Annadale and I'll hit a technical challenge and I can just rev the engine a little to get through that section. Yep. And then I can dial back and it's become sort of a game. I wear my chest strap whenever I'm, I'm riding and on my Wahoo Element, uh, mm-hmm. I just make the display really big so that no matter how much I'm bumping around, I can kind of look down and see my heart rate. Yeah. And so I've turned it into a game of like, well, can I can I get it below 135? Okay, well, can I get it below 130? And, you know, still feel like I'm moving. And then every now and then, sure, something comes up and it's like, okay, game on. And then dial back. And I'm still having just as much fun riding, but I know at this point I'm getting a much greater uh, fitness benefit from the work that I do. For sure. And it helps you recover from those efforts faster because yeah. of that recycling of the lactate. Like it, it's, it, there's no, there's really no downside to it at all. Yeah. 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 What I find so remarkable about this is that it, for a newer rider, for someone new to cycling, that it's almost impossible to convey the value of this to them. Mm -hmm. But I have a friend who is relatively new to cycling and the transformation she has undergone because she's gotten turned on to this and really does the vast majority of her miles in zone two. It's the, one of the most significant transformations of a rider I've seen, you know, over say a, uh, an 18 month period, I've, I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. It's more ga- ground gained than I think. I think I know of two other uh, two other cases in my in the entirety of my cycling past where people have just exploded. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. yeah. It's a neat. It's been a neat thing to watch, and uh, and uh, certainly plenty fun to experience, especially after having had a weekend back in August where I did an entire two day event on about a hundred watts. <laughs> yeah, that that did not leave you happy. <laughs> <laughs> I still wouldn't have missed it, but you know, good golly, it's nice to be a different rider now. <laughs> Super. Yeah. Alrighty, well, what do you say? Paceline picks? 
Sure, sure, sure. I, well, I figured I'd keep the Rafa train rolling along here with my pick. Mm. Um, and especially since it is, uh, it's shoulder season here now. We're looking at Indian summer is coming to a close and it looks to be a, a, a pretty brisk weekend for us, which is... Which is going to be welcome after after the the kind of crazy weather we've had. Anyway, my pick this <laughs> week is a um, it's the Rafa protein insulated gilet, which is a word that I just can't even say without rolling my eyes. Um, the gilet is a vest, <laughs> and, and I I don't know about you, I love a vest. I love oh, a good oh, vest. Yeah, I, I wore a vest yesterday. Love and them. I don't wear gilets. I wear vests. Yeah, me too. I don't. I, I don't know what a gilet actually does, but I, I do love a good vest. Um, and this, if if I was to call a vest a gilet, I guess it might be this one because it it is it is luxurious. It, it truly is. Um, it, it's like soft and satiny finish on the outside. It's got this uh, Polar Tech insulation inside, which is mm-hmm. really sweet, soft brush fleece like I've never felt. It's really, really lovely. Um, it's very, very light, even though it's insulated. It's got windproofing on the front and it's you know stretchy and breathable on the back. It's got three pockets in the back, which I love. Mm-hmm. So it's got three pockets and a two-way zipper so you can unzip it from the bottom to get into even more of Excellent. your pockets. I know, Excellent. which is when you're doing the long stuff that I do, you can't like, that's all the real estate in the world that you can access. Um, yeah, I... I I th- the thing that I love the most about it and why it's a, a pick right now, though, is that I, it's one of those items, you know, arm warmers, you know, you're off and on, they're off. Like, I can put this vest on, and I have, when I start a ride, and it's kissing, like, almost 30, you know, like 38, 39 degrees, and then it'll warm up to 60, and I'm still wearing the vest, and I'm not uncomfortable. Like, it mm. really transcends, like, those, those temperature swings. Like, mm-hmm. nothing I own. It just breathes so well that... I never feel like I need to take it off and stuff it in my back pocket. Like I wore it for Jeremiah's ride the other week and I was like, Oh, I don't know. It's cause it, especially an event like that where you're just climbing forever and then you're going to be descending forever. Right. Yep. It was perfect. I would just unzip it for the go way up, zip it up on the way down. And I was, even though the temperatures and the, you know, the sun came in and out and it, I never got uncomfortable. So yeah, super, it's a little, as all of Rafa's stuff is, you pay for it, right? I, it, it's, sure. It's it's north of one hundred fifty dollars, but it's definitely you know I feel like I've been wearing this thing pretty hard, and it's definitely something that I, I imagine I will be wearing pretty hard for for quite a few years. I mean, it feels durable. It feels you know it feels it feels worth it if you spend a lot of your time riding in those when it's not <laughs> perfect out. Yeah. 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 A good vest is a thing to behold. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, it, it just it extends your riding season and your comfort. So. Yep. Yep. Very cool. Sweet. So my recommendation this week, um, well, it's not it's not a cycling recommendation, strictly speaking, but I think it's one most cyclists are likely to appreciate. Uh, my pick this week is one of the beers that I'll be serving at this weekend's Red Kite Rendezvous. <laughs> nice. Russian River Brewing Company's Pliny the Elder. And that's Oh my god, Pliny, that's got like a Pliny. cult. That's got a cult. That's a cult beer. Yep. And it's people earned. here, we we have to oh my lord, like they'll have like limited cases of Pliny the Elder at Shangies and people start 
texting me, can you get in line? Because you have to get in line. And it's only like one per license plate or call. Like, it's insane. I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. Get up here and get in your own line. But anyway, good pick. There are are places here where you go in, here in Sonoma County, and you're allowed to buy two. Yeah. (laughs) It's a double India Pale Ale. It comes in at 8% alcohol. Uh, Mm -hmm. So... You know, this is this is a little off the beaten track for beer. You know, double India pale ales. Um, that's that's not everybody's first pick. But I remember the first time I tasted it, it reminded me of my experience of the first time I tasted a dark beer at all. Prior to my introduction to Low and Brow Dark, I didn't even like beer. And then I tried that and turned to a friend and said, "Oh my God, they finally put flavor in beer." <laughs> as good as Lagunitas's IPA is, uh, which is made just down the road in Petaluma, oh, Pliny good. the Elder slays it. Pliny <laughs> is to Lagunitas IPA what a Ferrari California is to a Porsche Cayman. I mean, seriously, who would turn their nose up at a Cayman, right? But a Ferrari California, am I right? Right? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't, you might have lost me with the car talk, but... <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay, Rafa to Volet. Volet makes okay, great okay. clothing. Nobody there would turn go. their nails up at Volet. I'm with Volet. you again. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, as I mentioned to you earlier, I've got two growlers waiting to get filled uh, with, with Pliny the Elder that we will be serving. And then I actually, in between our ride on Saturday and when dinner starts on Saturday, I have to go back to uh, Russian River and get them filled up a second time. Wow. Yeah. And um, it's it's it really is that good. It really yeah, I, is. I, I'm intrigued. I'm, I'm, I've only had it, uh, you know, out of a case. I've never had it fresh. So I'm wondering, like, what the, how how different that is, like, out of it, a tap. It makes it makes a little bit of a difference. It yeah. does. Uh, and you know, like when you when you buy your bottles from them or get a growler filled, they're like, keep this refrigerated. Do not mm-hmm. let this get to room temperature. Um, and I've, I've seen the difference. I once had an really? occasion where I was driving somewhere. Yeah. And I just, I couldn't keep it cold the whole time. So is that like, a thing? Oh. Like I, I thought, I thought my impression and I, I believe me, I'm not questioning them. Like I shouldn't be questioning, you know, any goes on the lawn, but, um, I, my impression was that that whole like skunking of beer by letting it get warm wasn't as much as like light exposure or, so, or am I completely wrong about that? Oh, I, mean, I, I can't speak to what the particular phenomenon is that causes beer to go bad. But I mean, I've, you know, I made a mistake once of picking up a beer that had been out overnight and wasn't the beer that I'd opened 10 minutes before. Uh, I, I was over at friends. <laughs> Never mind. Um, and it was like, oh, yeah, I don't want to drink any more of that. Yeah. Huh. So, I mean, we've all, you know, there's that phrase, stale beer. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, it's definitely a thing. I just wasn't sure yeah. what the, somebody will let us know, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Feel free to, to write in, uh, set us straight. So, but this will be fresh, fresh, fresh. Um, cool. Just like our rides this weekend. Very exciting. Very exciting. I know what you've yeah. got going on this weekend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I think we can dispense with that question. Yeah. <laughs> 
we have big events going on this weekend, folks. Yeah. So you'll hear all and, about uh, them. Yeah. We look forward to meeting as many of you this weekend as possible. Yeah. No, that's always fun. That's always fun. Yeah. Um, and like I mentioned last week, you know, something I, I want to make sure we're doing more of is fielding requests for segments of the show. You know, if you've got an idea, please drop by RKP and put a suggestion in our comments. Before we go, I'd like to put in a plug for RKP's other podcast, The Pull. The show features artisans talking about their craft in one-on-one interviews. Think Terry Gross for the bike set. Unfortunately, because of this weekend's event, this week's show did not happen. I'll be back next week for sure. Finally, please leave us a good review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It makes us easier for other listeners to find. Until next week, I'm Patrick Brady with Celine Yeager. Thanks for listening to The Pace Line.